0: Are you about to start a podcast or producing a podcast and tired of doing the editing yourself? We have produced over 1,000 daily shows and the production team that I've created, they're now available to produce shows for you as well. We can do as little or as much as you need from finding and communicating with guests, preparing introductions to editing the audio and video. You will sound better, have a more professional presence and be able to spend your time doing other valuable tasks on your business. Let me know you're interested by emailing me directly at whitney at lifebridgecapital.com.
1: That, constantly communicating our strategy to investors. A monthly communication to investors is a lot, in my opinion.
0: This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. And over the next few days, we have some great segments. Around investor relations and communications. Man, it's so important that you're communicating well with your investors, right? But often we don't do it as well as maybe we should. And we maybe, or maybe we think we are, but our investors may think otherwise. Well, our guest over the next few days is an expert in just that. His name is Peter Richter. He provides strategic direction on matters affecting investor communication, capital markets, and functions as a liaison to new investors at InterWest Capital Group. Prior to joining InterWest Capital, he served as the director of. Investor relations and asset management at an investment firm where where he oversaw the placement of over eighty five million dollars in equity, as well as spearheaded the implementation of ESG initiatives. Peter graduated from the Arizona State University with a BA in interdisciplinary studies with a focus on business and design. I hope that you enjoy the show, learn a lot. Please leave a written rating and review please subscribe tell your friends if they are learning about this business or or they're wanting to invest in the syndication business they can probably hear the operator on the show but just be better educated right about this business or about commercial real estate before they invest Peter, welcome to the show. Honored to have you on and somebody that's got so much experience in many different parts of the syndication business, no doubt, but specifically in investor relations as well. I'm looking forward to doing numerous segments with you and and diving into this. I know internally for us, we have just tried to exhaust this. You know, how do we do this better, right? This department and everything about it. Our investors are so important and how they feel, how we communicate, all these things. What questions are we asking them? What questions are they asking us? What do we do with all that stuff, right? So looking forward to getting into that. Before we do it, just so the listeners know, Peter's going to be on a few segments and we're going to dive into, man, how, how did he become an expert in investor relations and, and what does that look like inside of their company, right? And different parts of the syndication business and investor relations, uh, even the communications around investments and uh, even after an investment or, or deal is, is closed, what happens? We're going to dive into some of that over the next couple of days. So please stick around. If you understand and I hope you do that your investors are so important to your business and the syndication business when you're raising capital and you're going to want to listen to these shows, Peter, welcome to the show. Honored to have you. Let's dive into who are who's Peter and what are you doing right now? Let's talk about how you became an investor relations expert. Thank you, Whitney. Good
1: morning. I uh, really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, I would say the trail that led me to investor relations is a bit of a meandering one. Um, and it begins in property management. Uh, when I first moved to San Diego about 10 years ago, I was searching for a job in vain. The economy was still clawing its way out of the uh, recession and jobs for you know new grads were... Few and far between. I met a gentleman who owned a bunch of houses near San Diego State College Rentals and he was looking for a property manager entry level. And I was looking for a job. Worked out great. Uh, It was a bootstrap operation, but his vision was clear. And through organic growth, we acquired actually another management company and grew. And within two years, it had grown from about 60 units under management to about 300. That was really where I learned how to manage owners' expectations. And in a sense, from a property management point of view, the owners are your investors in a way. And that was really my first taste. And that's where I learned the basics of investor relations. And I had to communicate with these owners the performance of their properties. Some of them had larger, some of them had, uh, you know, small apartment buildings, some of them had single-family rentals, and we would have to communicate with them, you know, what's going on with the leasing strategy, how are we going to push pricing, what are we seeing in the market? You know, it, it became part of my duty to really communicate that to, that to them uh, through good times and bad, right? And I think that's the essence of, of investor relations is, you know, you're going to have highs and lows, and it's important to effectively communicate through both of those. Eventually, I was recruited from there to a uh, large nationwide Berkeley integrated multi-family Management and development company, Holland Residential, and uh, I started there as an assistant manager at at a building, you know, assisting with leasing, printing the lease files, dealing with tenants, and eventually. Worked my way up. Soon I found myself recruited by another company to manage a high rise downtown. And then I got, and then I started working for a a, a national REIT UDR. That's really when I got my first exposure to true investor relations because I was managing a portfolio of high rises in downtown San Diego and they were part of a joint venture with a large uh, life co. So it was my job to communicate our business plan any budget variances and operations to our joint venture partners, I found that I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed taking the what often seems mundane day-to-day operations and crafting it into a story that makes sense. And then with an action associated, taking the performance of a property and saying, Hey, I think we should do XYZ to improve bottom line. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And I He was then recruited by a San Diego syndicator as their director of investor relations. And the company's called Davlin Investments, and they manage or they own properties, really invested in just California. They've since expanded to uh, Phoenix and... Las Vegas, but that's where I learned the importance of investor communication. That's where I was working on the deal flow, start to finish, throughout the lifetime of investment, what's going on, and then obviously towards the end of the investment, communicating how we we're going to dispose of. Yeah,
0: sounds like you've been recruited many times. You've worked up, been recruited, worked up, recruited, and kind of been in the same industry to a big part. But you've gained a lot of experience. And I would even go back a little bit. Why did you? Why were you pursuing that first mentor, that first guy? You know, where you all went from what sixty to three hundred units. At? or what made you want to pursue that type of industry or real estate or what was before that?
1: Um, I didn't have too much exposure to real estate before then, to be honest. He was one of those just gregarious, outgoing personalities that you want to be in the same room with. And truthfully, it was it was him. He was the person. I chose that job because of him. And he was just one of those people who you, know, you talk to for a couple of minutes and you're ready to run through a brick wall for him. So it was, again, it was a bootstrap operation. It was three of us working in one room out of a small office, but it grew quickly. And they, you know, since I left, they they grew even more and uh, became a pretty well-recognized company here in San Diego.
0: No, that's awesome. I, it's just interesting to hear the sequence of events uh, that, you know, somebody gets from and, you know, wanting that mentorship or learning and diving in with that guy to all the places, you know, that you've, you've been taken to get to where you're at now. And so tell us about maybe a, a big challenge that you had in invest, investor relations specifically. And, you know, what happened, or how? What the outcome was?
1: So I would say, you know, there's day-to-day challenge, of course, but I would say the largest kind of existential threat, if you will, would have been COVID and its impact on deferred rent specifically. At the time, my portfolio was was exclusively in California, and California had some pretty strict, uh, pretty forgiving rules regarding uh, deferred rent. So it was very difficult to collect rent. And it was very difficult to account for collect rent as you're simultaneously writing it off the books as bad debt. So communicating that to investors was extremely difficult. Telling an investor, hey, we're not making a distribution this month. It's a difficult conversation, any way you cut it. We were having those conversations. We were far below projections. Later on down the road, California rolled out a program that actually paid people's rents. But until then, it was very difficult to collecting rent, very difficult to collect rent. We had really no power because there was an eviction moratorium. It was really just us asking our... Tenants, please, will you pay rent? But nobody was forced to, and that was extremely difficult. So we we had to communicate that to our invest, and we had to do that in an effective manner, and um, it, we had to, you know, we were modifying our strategy almost on a monthly basis and that constantly communicating our strategy to investors. A monthly communication to investors is a lot in my opinion. Um, If you're communicating something of substance on a monthly basis, it's difficult and um, you get a lot of questions. So that was probably the biggest challenge I've faced so far.
0: I agree. It is difficult and we are continually working on that in-house and it is a constant battle to improve and figure out what investors, what's helpful to them, right? What's not. But okay, so difficult time, no doubt. Thankfully, we did not have any projects in California. Uh, I'm interested to hear, you know, how you did communicate through that time. What did that look like? Were you, were you calling investors? Did you all send out an email that said, "Hey, this is kind of what's happening, and we're sorry, you know, but here's the details." What did that look like? So you're, you know, you're you're ensuring that you're giving the investor all the information, uh, you know, that you can. Being transparent, right? But it's still bad news, right? That nobody wants to hear. But it is just sometimes that's the way it is, right? And we want to be transparent and honest and all this. So how did how was that handled as far as communication?
1: So I'm a firm believer that it's really important just to communicate things of importance because if you over communicate, I find it sometimes gets rinsed out and overlooked, um, almost as spam. So before COVID, we were communicating to our investors with a quarterly report, basically telling the, the summarizing the performance of a property. But during COVID. I rolled out a, a new report, basically it COVID impact summary report. And it was basically telling the investors on a monthly basis how much deferred rent we had, how much we have collected from that deferred rent, and what we're projecting as a monthly distribution. And it was extremely time-consuming. And you also have to remember, Whitney, at that time, throughout the process, we also wanted to show compassion to our tenants. So it's difficult communicating to your investors, hey, you know, we wish we could evict people who aren't paying, while also simultaneously showing compassion to people who are really down on their luck. And some people were really... We had workforce housing, and a lot of people were really negatively impacted. So we did our best on a monthly basis to, you know, work with our obviously behind the scenes. We were working with our tenants, trying to help them, show compassion, and also keeping our investors up to date on a monthly basis where are we at with deferred rent. And at times, certain properties had you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in deferred rent. And we didn't really know when we were going to be collecting them. And there was a lot of different legislation that was passed very quickly. And it was our job to read through that legislation, decipher it, and then regurgitate it to our investors in a way that made sense. It was tough.
0: That is a great example of how that was handled. I appreciate you just you, know, you elaborating. So, so this COVID impact summary report, so that was separate from maybe the typical monthly? report or quarterly report he said yep it was the COVID impact report was a monthly
1: report while our quarterly reports obviously come out four times a year.
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate like how, you know, you upped the level of communication, right? Uh, but like you mentioned, hey, we, we focused on some of the most important things, right? We didn't put a bunch of fluff in there, but it's like, here's what's important to investors. Uh, was there a way that you determined that? Did you reach out to investors or was that, or did you just already know that? I, I just wondered. As far as the contents of the report, it was something that we cracked
1: and, and we modified it, right? The first report looked... Very little, did not have much similarity to the last report. They were very different, but we got investor feedback along the way and modified the reports as we went. And to include information that was really pertinent to investors and they were asking questions they were asking.
0: Could you speak to the process of gathering the information for that report? And maybe we'll get more into some of that later, but I just I was just thinking through that as you have to do it on a monthly basis, you know who owned that? Was that you? Did you have to gather everything? or is it used in the whole team? So that was very difficult. I, it was a heavy lift on the accounting side because like I said,
1: it's tough to quantify deferred rent when you're also writing off bad debt simultaneously. So if somebody, if we, we decided that anything over 60 days, we would just write off as bad debt, but we still want to include that in the total deferred rent amount. So it, it became very difficult. Um, it was an accounting process that was very fluid and changed as we went, but it was again, that was mostly on the backs of the, um accounting team
0: yeah Okay. So it wasn't just you being able to pull all this stuff in. It took numerous team members, right? Absolutely. How did you get buy-in from the whole team so they are also putting importance on investor communication like this?
1: I think it's important as somebody investor, I understand how important investor relations and how the investors are really the driver of the business. Getting you know your accounting controller and a lot of other people on that same boat is difficult. But you have to sometimes just remind them, these are the people that put food on our table. Uh, we are able to buy these properties because our investors are entrusting us with their hard-earned money, their savings, life savings in some cases, we owe it to them. And there were some conversations when people, I mean, we had people working late into the night sometimes to get these reports out. And it was, uh, sometimes we had to give our team encouragement and say, hey guys, we, our investors are the lifeblood of our company. And we do share obligation to them to uh, keep them in the loop.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now I appreciate just the transparency around that too. I can hear, I can, I can just see potentially the controller's face when you say, hey, we're going to Start providing monthly reports now, and we we need this information that only potentially they can provide, right? Uh, you know, just the the burden of that, right? Uh, but I, I also appreciate the diligence of wanting to provide the extra level of transparency for investors. Speak to how that maybe transfer or, or change the investors' thoughts about COVID, right? And and the impact, right? Where they or maybe even their how they felt about you all, right? This may be a difficult time. You all have had to maybe stop or slow distributions, but man, you're level of communication picked up. And I just wonder, you know, are they more confident now in you all, uh, you know, because of this or, you know, or or was that a hindrance, you know, uh, for some time to build that confidence back up? No, absolutely. It was,
1: I will say, coming out of COVID, our first raise was grossly oversubscribed. And the investors who we had communicated with during that whole process appreciated it. And they felt like they were, you know, we were going through this together. And we made sure that they understood, you know, we might have missed a distribution or distributions might be a little bit lower as we're collecting, in some cases, 60%. Of charged rent, but we're on it, and we're doing our darndest to try to come up with ways to collect more rent, to encourage our tenants to pay, or to put new tenants in. You know, there was times where we didn't result to it, but we we're close to, you know, doing cash for keys, giving people money just to turn their unit over to us. That's a tough bargain to explain that to an investor that we're paying somebody to move out who owes us rent um, is difficult. But I think again, the key was that we were showing our tenants compassion and. We were also empathetic to our investors. And again, coming out of it, they felt, I think, stronger. Our investor base felt stronger. The level of trust and confidence had just gone through the roof.
0: That's incredible. Oftentimes, those are times to shine, right? Uh, if you're thinking long term, man, it's a it's a time for you to gain so much trust in your investors, even though it's it's difficult conversations that you must have. So, no doubt, you know, this was probably somewhat stressful, right? <laughs> I mean, for the whole company, right? And, and definitely being that voice to investors or the face to investors, that's hard, right? Having to be the one to say, "Hey, you know, Mr. Investor, I'm sorry that." You know we're not going to be able to send out that distribution this month like we projected. Uh, but here's why, right? And here's our plan, you know, moving forward. Speak to even how you maybe handled those stressful situations, and it, or it could be any stressful situation. But do you have any techniques or or tips, or or, or even the the time sensitive situations, or any ways you think through some of that? I would say sometimes you need to slow down. I think it's important that if somebody calls you, you don't have the answer, and you're not
1: positive of the correct answer, just hey, let me do some research on this, and I will get back to you. You know, investor related my my kind of motto is measure twice, cut once. You don't have the ability to take back something you said. And if you make a mistake in a correspondence or even over the phone, it really, it shows a level of unprofessionality that you don't want. So I always, sometimes I hit pause button and I say, all right, let me sit down and let me either write this out or speak to it after I learn more. And I think that's sometimes the best way to do it. No one's expected to have every answer on the spot all the time. Pump the brakes, do some research, and then get back to them. I would say it's a great way to move forward.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. what about the uh, how you prioritize those things maybe even on a daily basis? How is this method of prioritizing? I learned a long time ago from a COO
1: of uh, this REIT I was working for and he said, you know, make a list of everything you have to do, right at some during the day, all of us have you know we get backed up with tasks to do. And he said, think abstractly and assign a dollar amount to each one of those tasks. And it doesn't have to be a direct dollar amount but how could that financially impact the business as a whole and that's how i prioritize things and you know with investors it's a little bit different cuz i like to treat an investor who invests $25,000 the same way i treat an investor that invests a million dollars per deal but outside of that i would say prioritizing ta- my to do Tasks throughout the day, my to-do list. I try to put a dollar amount to each task, and which one is really going to impact the business the most. And again, you have to think abstractly, right? I think that helps me get focus on what needs to get done.
0: That's awesome. I've not heard that before, as far as assigning a dollar amount to each task or thinking about how is how does this impact the company overall. You know, just to prioritize it that way. But I love your focus too on each investor, right? We feel the same way. It's like, man, that the 25000 thousand dollar investor, they got to get there somehow too, right? So that was. Of us at one time as well.
1: I would never prioritize one investor over another because, in the end, that $25,000 that a school teacher invested or whatever, that to them is just as important as the million dollars that the banker gave to them. When it comes to treating people, I think that you treat them all the same, and you'll find out down the road that $25,000 investor is now a quarter million dollar investor pretty quickly.
0: That is exactly right. Sometimes you don't know just how much somebody has to invest either, right? But I agree completely. Man, that that teacher's worked just as hard for that $25,000, right? And it's just as important. And so I appreciate your outlook on that. Peter, an amazing segment. I love your transparency around the whole COVID situation and also your transparency around how you all handled it. You know, you didn't back off. You didn't shy away from potentially bad news, right? But it's just really, you know, it's, it's real news, right? This is exactly, Mr. Investor, this is what happened. And this is how we're handling it. I love how you broke down, hey, these are the important things that we're sharing now, You know, even more often than we were. Uh, but before we move to the next segment, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you uh, and learn more about you. Sure. My company, InterWest Capital, uh, we are a nationwide real
1: estate investment firm. You can email me at peter at interwestcapital.com. Or just go on our website and uh, we also have some contact information on there.
0: Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.